back and they score! And Jeru's got it! He deflects it by Antti And the Flyers have some magic left as they win it in overtime. Voracek cutting on in. Voracek to the middle of the shot. He scores! It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. Look at He scores! That's what the people came to see. Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro Giovanni and Dave Morris. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. This week, not only joined by my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Mastro Giovanni, we are joined by, if not the, probably one of the biggest voices on Flyers Twitter. I'm sure... Everyone knows him. Outstanding gentleman. Outstanding follow for all Flyers fans. Mikey from Orange and Black Pack. Thanks for coming on, man. It's it's a pleasure to have you on. Guys, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate this. Anytime. Yeah, it's good to have you. And uh, we have a lot to unpack. Obviously, all pretty much all negative at this point. Um, really we've bad seen, stuff. Yeah, we've we've seen. We just got through. I guess the the Ides of March times a thousand with this team. <laughs> Um, and again, obviously we all have our own thoughts on what's going on. I'm sure a lot of them are similar or the same, but, um, the Flyers, obviously they lose to the Buffalo Sabres last night in Buffalo six to one. Um, they end the month of March on a completely sour note. Um, they, they keep the Buffalo Sabres from, I believe setting an NHL record of one of the worst losing streaks in history. Um, it stops at, I believe, 17 losses. Um, but anyway, they lose to the flat-out worst team in the league in a completely dismal effort, aside from maybe the first five minutes of the game. Um, and this team is just in complete disarray. But, uh, Mikey, I'll go to you first, just kind of recapping this week and um, all, all that's kind of surrounded the, the turmoil that this team is in. Just what are your what are your thoughts at this point? Well, first and foremost, I can't stand the month of March. It's my least favorite month, and it's been that way forever. <laughs> and it would it just it's appropriate that the Flyers have such an epic meltdown mm-hmm. in the month of March like mm-hmm. this. Uh, you know, when we when we were coming into the month, and it was nineteen games and thirty one days, uh, there were no breaks, maybe a practice here and there. I thought they're either going to do great mm-hmm. or they were going to do really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have actually exceeded my very bad expectations. It's yeah. gotten worse. You hit bedrock and then just when you think they can't do any worse, mm-hmm. they go, you know, a mile deeper than that. Um, uh, and you know, for the last, I would say a few seasons, I've had my doubts about, uh, as far as how what what people made this team out to be over the years, yeah, I had it. I had my doubts, but I never once thought that it was going to be like this. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you could probably read it in my voice. It's not, it's not as energetic as it yeah. is when when I when I when I talk about the Flyers. But it's um, you you look back on so many years, and people tell you, well, you got to you, you can't include the Hextall years because this is mm-hmm. just a fresh. Well, you know, to hell with that. I yeah. am going to include it. Mm-hmm. I am going to include all eight years going back to 2013 with the promise of a, a better tomorrow. Yeah. You know, 
two to three years or three to four, four years from now when the prospect, prospects start drip feeding onto the roster and we've got the right vets and, you know, we, we're going to be able to do this. We've got Carter Hart and I'm not putting any of this. I'm not putting any of this on Carter. I'm, not, I'm honestly not really putting any of this on any one particular player. Yep. It's just whatever could go bad for each individual player other than maybe Farabee or Kateri, yeah. it's gone that bad. And it's yep. all gone bad simultaneously. And it, people want to talk about like, oh, this month of March and this, you know, it's, it's, they, they just had this epic meltdown. But the fact of the matter is they haven't been playing well since the first round of the playoffs. They haven't been playing like that mm-hmm. team that we saw in, you know, before COVID had come down. Yeah. So you start asking your, you start asking questions like, is, is this the team? Is this it? Is this what we see? Mm-hmm. Is this the team that we have? And not the team that we saw before COVID. And I've got to, I've got to say that it's it's probably, this is it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been frustrating to say the least all around as a fan. And again, I mean, um, we've all seen we're, we've all been fans of this team for years on end now, and we've seen just complete almost mediocrity these past this past probably almost more than a decade. Where again, ever since that 2010 playoff run, there's really been no legitimate shot at this team winning a Stanley Cup. Um, they've had the, like, different mixes of players, obviously, re- revolving doors of goaltenders. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's just, again, like you said, it's been the perfect storm of, again, like we said last week, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And, again, like you said, it's been all at the same time. It's been the worst month of hockey I could probably ever remember. Yeah. Um, but definitely all good thoughts from you, Dave. Just, again, to you now, what are you what are you thinking? I know you said you had a lot to say, so now's your time to <laughs> to speak your mind. Uh, what are your thoughts on where the Flyers are at right now compared to last week, even when we were recording? I'm just at this point, this season, and how I feel as a fan feels way worse than 2006, 2007. Yes. And yep. it's just at least in like 06, 07, like we touched on last week, Paul Holmgren was active. He he sold, but then bought for the future. And yep, I get the trade deadline is it's coming up. It's mm-hmm. literally almost a week away at this point now. So there is time for Chuck Fletcher to do something. Um, but I've just got this sense of well, right now I have no faith in the organization from ownership on down to do the right thing. Mm. Um, my biggest problem, my biggest complaint is we're seeing the same bullshit every season, the Mm -hmm. same problems. It doesn't matter who the GM or who the coaches are. Um, and I love, I love this core, you know, I will defend Claude Giroux until the day I die, Mm -hmm. but at a certain point you have to go, well, what's the one constant? It's been that core of Voracek, of Giroux. Um, you can even argue JVR. Yeah, yeah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just like, what are we like, what are we doing? Like, I miss like I hate to throw it back to when Ed Snyder was alive, rest in peace, and when he had Paul Hogram as GM, but like ever since Mr. Snyder passed away and Comcast and Dave Scott just took over, you lost having your owner be a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. And you could definitely tell that that played in how the Flyers were run. Yeah. And now it's just owned by big business. Yeah. And it's just this lack of seemed to effort and change. It's almost this entitledness to the franchise. Like, 
we know better than you when Ed Snyder always realized that Philadelphia fans, sports fans in general, are educated. They love their sports teams, and they're going to tell you how they feel. And if you don't listen to them to a, to a degree, we're going to get pissed off because we're seeing the problems, and to our mind, you're not fixing it. And then I'm also, I went on a rant last week where I wasn't trying to come at Gritty, and I feel like some people <laughs> took it that way. But my big point in my rant last week on Twitter was that Gritty's cool, Gritty's fine, Gritty is awesome. But what I'm saying is is I feel like he was made as a distraction. And it's a way for the Flyers to just, when, when, when things are real bad, Gritty will post a clip like he did today, and all of a sudden, oh, it's retweeted by the Flyers. Yeah. And it's meant to try and redirect and distract the fan base where you never would have had that with Ed Snyder. There was yeah. accountability. There was saying... This isn't good enough, and we're going to fix it. And you believe them when they said it. Mm. Now when I hear AV talk and I hear Chuck Fletcher talk, it feels like empty words. Yeah. And I want to get back to that feeling of the past where I'm confident in my flyers, in my hockey team, to make the right changes. I don't like feeling of the fact that it's a chore to watch this team right now. That's not why you watch professional sports. It's supposed to be a release. It's supposed to, you know what, I've had a crappy day at work. I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch some hockey and yep. I'm going to feel a little bit better before I go to bed. Yep. Now it's like, like last night, like to feel better before going to bed, I turned off the Flyers game and threw on Godzilla versus Kong. Same and thing. It, and it Great did movie. the job. I watched it last night too. Fully yeah. did the job. My fiance did not enjoy it as much, but I thought it for what it was, fantastic film. No, I was down I in the basement by myself just watching it. I knew I knew if I if, if I brought my wife down, who's not really into the, that kind of stuff, and I know my kids can't watch it just yet, but you know, I was all in my glory, sitting in a beanbag chair with a you know bag of pretzel chips. I had this thing on my giant plasma screen TV, 16 years old, still running. Uh, oh, that sounds great, like a lot. That was a great movie. But you know, I was watching I was watching the game last night on this on the same TV, doing the same stuff, and it was amazing how I could just sit there and stare like like a houseplant at the game. Yep. Yeah. And then I need a movie like that to, you know, to, to get me over the hump before I go to bed. But yeah. 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 And I mean, we're, we're seeing again, we're seeing this team again, run by business, business men and women. Um, and yes, you can run an organization like a business to some degree, but in, I'm not a business person. Like I don't know business and all that stuff, but it's like, if your business doesn't please the people that it's supposed to please, Right. Something needs to change well, where it's well, like, I feel like it's almost like a top, top down issue where it's like, again, Dave, like you said, Dave Scott, again, being the, the C is the, the CEO of Comcast, I believe. Um, yeah. Obviously now the owner of the flyers with Comcast owning the flyers, but it's like, he's like, if he doesn't recognize w what the problem is here, but on top of, again, we're at the point where it's like actions speak louder than words. Where just last week, before we recorded, Fletcher had that press conference with all the media and acknowledged that, quote, the paraphrasing quote, but the mix of players isn't right. Right. And then we're now 11 days away from the trade deadline on the 12th of this month of April. And the, the most exciting thing that we thought was going to lead to a trade didn't lead to a trade. And we haven't heard, like, the, the organization, again, it's kind of just gone dark on us after another completely, like, deflating loss. Um, mm -hmm. But, Mikey, I th you were going to say something. I'll let you chime in here. Yeah, no, it's um, – you, you were talking about that, that 
teams can be run like businesses. Yeah. So that's all well and good. But you mm. even look at business, each an individual business, whether it's a small mom and pop shop or we're talking about major integrated corporations or whatever. But what, what businesses try to establish is a culture first. Yep. And, and sorry, I got my dog down here. Um, right. they try to, they try to establish a culture first mm-hmm. and, uh, say what you want about Ed Snyder. Um, but, uh, you knew what that culture was yep. and that's really the culture that, that we all kind of grew up watching and we yeah. grew up loving and, and, and that's what really brought us, brought us into, um, into the brand mm-hmm. and, uh, Everything comes to an end, and of course, you know, I had Snyder getting up there and getting sick, and when he passed away, um, I knew that the the torch was going to get passed, and I thought, you know, if there's one thing they have to recognize, it's that he left a uh, pretty sizable culture behind him, yeah. and I hope that they continue that culture, mm-hmm. uh, but at the, they can continue it, but enhance it to mm-hmm. so that it uh, kind of fits today's mold as yeah. to what a successful team is you know drafting and developing it's getting more speedy but it just seemed to have lost its way and mm-hmm. since he's been gone uh, i should say probably since simmons has been gone yeah and and i hate to bring up the whole uh, the, the whole cliche yeah. and it, it sounds like a cliche but it but it really isn't, isn't at this point yeah it isn't. So you sit back and you go, well, what the hell is this team? Yeah. And nobody can nobody can answer that. Yep. Yeah, yeah we've I've, seen – and again, like, Dave, I'll throw it over to you here first. But, Mikey, I, we completely agree. Dave and I have talked about this ad nauseum where it's like once Simmons left, the, left this team, that was almost kind of like the Ed Snyder culture almost. Like, yeah. I hate to say it like this, but it was almost the culture dying where it was like he obviously passed away and then Simmons got yeah. traded – for a suitcase in Ryan Hartman, who was here yeah. for less than half a, a season. The most notable thing he did was in his first game when he nailed Rasmus Dahlin, mm-hmm. which was a great hit. But great it's like hit. when he left, like, and again, we've talked about this, a guy like Lawton or a guy like NAK, like those are two guys that I like a lot, and mm-hmm. they're they're physical guys. They get on the forecheck, all that stuff. But it's like they're not league-wide, like, quote-unquote feared guys where it's like if you mess with someone on the team you're gonna have to answer the bell whereas Simmons again and we've seen it with Simmons with the Maple Leafs this season where he's on the ice and again he kind of again he acts as like a nuclear deterrent where it's like if you mess with Matthews or Marner or any one of their stars he's gonna beat the shit out of you yeah he's gonna come after you and look we we, we don't even need a player that every single team fears yeah you, you talk about like a smaller kid at school who's getting picked on by a bully. If that yeah. smaller kid sticks up for himself and hits the bully, he's probably not going to beat up the bully. The bully's yeah. probably going to beat him up. But mm-hmm. the next time around, that bully's going to think twice. Like, all right, if I mess with this kid, I'm probably going to get punched in the face and it's going to hurt. And so maybe yeah. I should just like move on to the next kind of person. Yep. So, But this team doesn't do any of that. Yeah. They, they, they allow liberties to be taken on them. Yep. And it... Uh, it, it just for for the fan base to watch that now players they come they go mm. owners they they come they stay a while but they ultimately go the fans yeah. they always stay and mm-hmm. it's always it's the city it's the culture it's the people and in mm-hmm. in the in the flyers along the way now in the like you brought up gritty they tried to establish something new something fresh you know like kind of infuse what was old with what what was new and i thought it was successful with gritty and Dave, like what you said, you know, now it just seems like a distraction. They would probably argue differently. We see it our way. You know, we have our bias. They have theirs. But you, you kind of get tired of you kind of get tired of that stuff getting shoved in your face because mm-hmm. 
you don't you're not getting you're not getting what you ultimately want. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you come you're down not getting good hockey. Morning. It's yeah. like you come down for Christmas morning, the only gifts you've got are in your uh, you know, the socks that are hanging by the by the fireplace. Yeah. And there's nothing under the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh I mean again, I guess we can kind of Dave, do you have anything that you want to say before I move on to my next topic yeah. here? No, it's just this it's just it it seems like the Ever since Hexel took over, this team's been okay with just being mediocre. There's no more that bias for action, that that step on the throat mentality of like where we're going to be better than everyone else. Oh, there's a big free agent. Oh, we're in on them because we're the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't care if we're denied, but we're offering them a contract, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I feel like there's been too much of this emphasis, like. There are some prospects, and there's some of these players that I really love, but I'm yeah. also going to be critical of them and say they're not performing to the standard we need them to be at. Sure. Yeah. But also, I am so over of – I'm done waiting. We waited eight years, and I feel like the biggest thing is with this team is for literally the past eight years, they've had this thing where they've had one year where you've gone, oh, they might be turning the corner. Next year, let's see what happens. And the mm-hmm. next year, utter disappointment. Yep. And the next year, oh, yeah. it's a good year. They make the playoffs. Maybe we can build on this. I know the next year, more disappointment. And I, there's always excuses that came with it. Yes, mm-hmm. and there's never, there's no action anymore. There's no seem to make it, make a change for it. And did, like the Flyers go, oh, well, shit yeah. happens. See it, I don't see know it, what you want it. us to do. Like, come on. And we can get in this too, but like with this, this, the action we've seen this past week, your big move I'm has, having trouble hearing you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Siri Siri had to chime in. Siri wants to chime in. The big thing is like, okay, I get waving Shane Goss's spear. That that that's a big move. That's a yeah. big thing. Ghost is a very polarizing player. Sure. I personally am a big fan of him, but I know what his ups and downs are. Mm-hmm. But that's a big move that you think maybe would have woken up the core. Mm-hmm. Scratching Patrick, scratching Lindblom, promoting Fairby the fourth line. There's all these moves that you think would do something. Doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lay the other clunker last night, and what's the organization's big response to getting blown out again, almost for three weeks in a row? Is oh, we're going to call up two guys from the Phantoms. Mm-hmm. Now, while it's Rasmus Sandin, who was a good signing out of Sweden last year, and it's Tanner Lazinski, who is one of those prospects that we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. You know, what what good are they going to do? Mm-hmm. A a pro- the team has literally made themselves fall out of contention in the playoffs this year and no prospect from the phantoms is going to save them yeah i don't think there's any player that's gonna that's that's gonna come in and uh change the flow of this game that's really just up to the players we actually we need legitimate change there needs to be like there's I kind of want, I'm like, I'm out, I'm out for blood. Like I keep on seeing people who (laughs) don't perform at their jobs, keep them. Like, why is Lappy still a head coach? Well, not a head coach, but why is he still an assistant coach? Yeah. He's been garbage for six years. Why is Michelle Terrian and Mike Yo still here? We learned all of last season and so far this season that they can't do their jobs running the power play and the penalty kill, which used to be two flyers elite things. Mm -hmm. Why are they still employed? Yeah. Like I'm tired of this just this just feeling of the Flyers being no I'm I'm okay with everything. That's yeah. not that's not the Flyer brand. No, it isn't. No, for five, I would say throughout well, I, the entirety of Hextall's uh, uh, tenure here as GM, 
the penalty kill was just absolute garbage. It was mm-hmm. it was bad. It was really 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 bad. Uh, that took a, that that turned around last year, and a lot of that had to do with Hayes. Mm-hmm. And you know, you wonder where where the hell is that player at? Where where's that passion at? You know, um, I watch him. T- I watch him today. I'm, I'm going to sing a lot of few players while we're, while we're doing this. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'd like Quite to well. sing. Uh, it's the entire team, mm-hmm. but I'm going to single out some players. And you look at Hayes, and I, I guess through the first 20 games, I, like I would have stuck up for him. And, and and I mean, there was at one point when people were saying that, that he wasn't the same player, he was still on, uh, in an 82 game pace. He was still on, on pace for like 22, 26 goals or something around there. Last time yeah. that I checked that's since plummeted, but you, you wonder like, where's that fire from him? Where's that? Where's the fire that we had in connecting during the regular season last year? Mm-hmm. Uh, what the hell happened to Sanheim and Myers? Yeah. They're just shells of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's anything that's been proven this year, it's that uh, Provorov is likely a, at best, a number two, at best, mm-hmm. and he's absolutely going to need to be carried yeah. by somebody who's significantly better than him. And if we need a defenseman that's significantly better than the guy who, who routinely leads the league in ice time, then we are we are a lot further out, boys, than we thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, again, it's a it's a personnel problem, like you said, Mikey. Just it's not one single player, but it's it's every single player yep. in a different way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can obviously touch on this, like you said earlier, Dave. But um, Shane Gossiver got waived, which was very surprising on Tuesday. Um, and then it kind of set Flyers Twitter in a flame where it's like, all right, like. It was almost in a, it was a good sense and a bad sense where it's like what the hell are they doing? Got like Ghost has been one of our best like semi consistent defensemen this season, um, and then it's like all right, like his cap hit is kind of a nightmare. So if he gets waived and he's off the books, and then they make a trade, like maybe they still can salvage this season somehow. And then he clears waivers, and it was like just kind of anticlimactic. And then yeah. he plays in the game the next night. Um, but now he's no, he basically didn't. just no, he didn't play, he didn't he's play. been scratched the oh, past sorry. two games. Well, the, um, the, just the but one game, just, but he's going scr- yeah. to be scratched on Saturday as well. Yeah, That'll yeah, be the yeah. second consecutive game. Gotcha. My mistake. But no. I mean, like it, it kind of, again, it, it was like, is it, you kind of like you jumped at it where you're like, holy shit, is something actually going to happen? And yeah. then it's like, he clears waivers the next day and you're like, all right, like you got us all excited for this. Like, so I mean, yeah. but again, it's, uh. I think this team has done this team, this coaching staff, the GM, everyone has done as much as they can with the personnel that they have. Yep. And I personally think once you start calling these guys up from the Phantoms, that's almost like a white flag where it's like, all right, like we're terrible right now. Yeah, and we're just see. like we're basically kind of giving up like hell, we could see Cam York on on the Flyers at the end, by the end of the season because he just signed his ELC yesterday. So it's like, I feel like once, and you see it with other teams around the league, it's not just the Flyers, but once they kind of fall out of contention in the playoffs, in the season, you call up these young guys so that they can get their NHL debuts, they can get a few mm-hmm. NHL games under their belt, mm-hmm. and then it's like you just are, again, like this organization has been for the, the last decade plus, you, you fall back into complacency and you just accept what is and you don't accept what can be you don't make any effort to make anything better and somehow we as fans still watch this team day in and day out well till i die yeah i i I don't i don't care how bad it gets it could be this bad for the rest of my life i'm not going to stop watching i was going to say uh but to go back to goss despair um 
I've been, uh, I've, a lot of people will probably call me a hater of Goss's Bears, uh, <laughs> but uh, I know he's a very high risk, yet mm-hmm. high, very high reward type of a player. Ideally, he's the kind of guy that's going to round out your bottom pair, and then, of course, he's going to be on that top power play unit. Um, and I think uh, because we've got that wrong mix of players, mm-hmm. it just it makes his situation, and especially his relationship maybe with the uh, or just the way that he's he's absorbed by the fan base, I think it makes it a little bit worse than what reality is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that. And, and like I'll, I'm an emotional person. I'll say things right off the cuff. But, you know, I take a deep breath and I realize he's not he's a bad defenseman. Like mm-hmm. he's bad at defending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, you, you stick him with the right person and he's not going to be as much of a liability. And if he's on a, a successful power play unit, mm-hmm. then he's going to yield uh, he's going to yield you some success as well. Yeah. And so when the news came out that he had been waived, my first thought was, well, he just recently, I thought it was like uh, two days before that, you know, he was outspoken and he speaks mm-hmm. his mind. And, and, and I really appreciated the things that he had had to say because it was just something that was it was real. It, mm-hmm. it, it was raw and it was exactly what it was. And we had not gotten any of that from really any player other than maybe Voracek when he, you know, uh, said something to Mike Silski. Um, did I say that name right? Selsky? That doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, uh, so I, I was like, so did they waive him because he was, he's, he was outspoken. I know he's had some rough relationships with Hackstall and, and some of the defense coaches in, in the prior regime. Uh, and I know that the, the you know, the, obviously the organization does not, uh, uh, they don't feel very highly of him. Yeah. And so waiving him, I thought maybe if there was a team that can pick him up, immediately look right at Florida. Florida is hot this season. They got a lot of good players. They got a great coach. They're clicking. And their power play is uh, sixth in the league. And uh, their power play percentage is sixth in the league. Ekblad, who had just broken his leg, has six power play goals for, for the Panthers. Yeah. And, uh, and it's between him and Yandel. Yandel only has one power play goal, but he's got a lot of points. Yeah. Between him and Yandel, each of them had like 120, 130 minutes on the power play, and then the the third most was twenty minutes, and that belonged to uh, Strawman, who was on their taxi squad. Yeah. So, I thought, you know, the power play is obviously a lot, a, a big part of their success, mm-hmm. and a big part of that power play was Ekblad. And if he's gone, perhaps maybe they can pick up Gostaspare. But I looked at those last two years on his contract following this season. He's got two more years with four and a half million uh, each year. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a big number to chew on, even if you are the Panthers yeah. and you've got what, like seven million, nine million in space and however much more that they could possibly add on if they put uh, Ekblad on LTIR. Yeah. But when I found out, when we all found out that he wasn't picked up. So I said to myself um, that, that he's not going to get his shot here. And people will argue with you. They'll say he deserves a second shot. Then there's other people that say like, he's had a second shot, a third shot. He's had ten shots. So like he, he just he's not sticking. And that may very well be true here. When I say second shot, I mean maybe with another team. And so when people get pissed off that like what you're just going to give him up for nothing, it's I say the value is the cap space. The value mm-hmm. is the cap space because if we're going to make moves if, if by the deadline or this off season, if we're going to make drastic changes. Uh, whether we believe it or not, but if we were, then we were then cap space is absolutely a value. So then I started thinking to myself, he received a lot of his salary in the earlier years of his contract. 
and he'd be giving up a whole lot of money. I mean, I think it's like somewhere in the realm of like six, six or eight million dollars in, in cash mm. in the final two years of his deal. But I said, if he really wants to bet on himself and if he really wants that second chance, then I think maybe the best way is that we put him on unconditional waivers and ter- and mutually terminate his contract. And he just walks out there. There's no doubt he'll sign someplace else for a, you know, a million and a half, two million dollars, yeah. you know, but, you know, one year, two year deal, whatever that is. But if you really believe in yourself, you're going to bet on yourself and you want that second shot at big money and success, then maybe you have to take drastic measures to do that. Now it's mm-hmm. the question really is, do, would he have interest in that? Would he and his agent have interest in doing something like that? Yeah, it's a it was it's a tough situation. I definitely think he's a player who would, like you said, even though we would lose him for no players in return, but that again, that cap space in this flat yeah. cap era is complete. It's like gold. So mm-hmm. having that cap space again to make a major move would be great and would be a key aspect in doing so. But again, I've thought ever since he kind of fell out of favor with the organization, just having, again, a change of scenery with a different team would benefit him as an individual and also benefit the Flyers where, again, they get rid of his cap space and they yeah. have more room to work with, with, again, another like defenseman or whoever they want to get. Hopefully they get someone. But, Dave, going over to you, just uh, what, are you, what, are you, what were you thinking and what are your thoughts, again, surrounding the whole Gosses Bear situation here? Uh, when they announced the waving, I was pretty pissed off and not by pretty i was a lot pissed off uh just because i am a believer in ghosts but i understand his criticisms um my biggest thing now is while you with him being i guess waived or on the taxi squad it's what a little over a million off the books yeah so that really doesn't help you that much and my big concern is so they're gonna sit ghost when you when his replacement options are eric gustison and nate prosser both of whom, who I think we can all agree, are actively worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my big gripe is that the Flyers, whether that's from orders of Dave Scott or it's Chuck Fletcher or Elaine Vigneault, they are actively, they're pulling a Ron Hextall and a Dave Hextall again. They're actively deploying the a worst possible lineup because they don't like X player and what X player can bring or not bring. For a team that still talks about how they want to make the playoffs and how they still have a quote chance, mm-hmm. you need Shane Gossespierre in your lineup, and you know you can't afford to have Nate Prosser or Eric Gustafson in the lineup because that makes your defense actively worse. And it, it's frustrating because this year Ghost has been one of our better in quotations defensemen this season, mm-hmm. and at times he's played well with Provorov, and I thought him and Moran. We're starting to get some consistency on the third pairing. And well, I remember going back, you know, six years ago, whoa, Moran and Ghost Spear, that's the pairing of the future. Like that was what everyone dreamed of. Yeah. Um, both have not kind of turned out to what we what we all thought they would be, but good for Big Sammy getting his first career goal Saturday. And I thought him and Ghost played, they worked well together. They complement each other. Um, but my big gripe is just I I don't get why you sit him. And play players who are actively worse, who have who have been worse all season long. Nate Prosser shouldn't even be in the NHL anymore. He is an American League defenseman at that. And mm-hmm. based off his numbers last year with the Phantoms, he was a below average American League defenseman. He's had a great pro career, but maybe it's time to hang him up. And 
Eric Gustafson just Matt, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Yeah, that's a can of worms. There yeah. was we thought, you know, there was potential there. Um and he was essentially to be the ghost replacement. And he, he's been worse. And Chuck Fletcher just saying, well, he's performed as advertised. is just no. more, more kerosene on the fire. Because it's no. like, well, that's what you expected from him. Yeah, you just so, rather he didn't say, he, he, like, you'd rather he just didn't say anything at all. Yeah. It's like, he says, well, what is he supposed to say? Nothing. Yeah. It's kind of like when, when, yeah. uh, when the Flyers waved Nodal all those years ago. And Paul Hogan went, oh, well, we were we we, we waived him to gauge interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you, you found out what yeah. the interest was when Carolina claimed him. Yeah. So. Well, I think uh, the, 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 the primary reason, and I, I buy this, uh, the primary reason that Gosses Bear is on the taxi squad uh, last game and, and, and likely Saturday and, and who knows moving on, um, I do know that, like, look, the, the salary cap is a science. Um, it's not a it, – we're not in a vacuum – it is crunched every single day. There is a cap hit every single day. And what you can save each and every single day is going to accumulate uh, to cap space that you've got um, on the trade deadline day. So I think, you know, if, if by waiving him and no one claiming him and putting him on the taxi squad and the million and a half or the 1.9 million, whatever that is, uh, that we save uh, from, uh, from that, um, it, it's going to add up to about like a 5.1 or 5.2 million in space uh, by the deadline. So I think that that's I think that that's the primary purpose as to why he's not in the lineup. They figure, you know, if we lose, what's the what the hell is the big difference? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if he's going to sit on the taxi squad, then you know maybe we we can pull it out for uh, first and foremost but then of course six six one happened last night uh but uh we're gonna see how much of this cap space we can accumulate uh before the deadline and, and see if we can't make a move by then yeah i think and i was just gonna ask you guys this too before uh we kind of start to wrap up the flyer stuff for tonight but um dave i'll throw it over to you first this time but i guess analytically as as a podcaster but also personally as a fan what do you what do you think, if anything, will happen these next few days before leading up to the uh, end on the trade deadline? Mikey, do you want to take this first? Or did no, you I, ask I, me? I, no, Dave, I said I was going to throw it over to you first. Oh, man, I just I zoned out there for a second. My <laughs> Sorry, welcome back to the live, show. Li- live radio here. Um, <laughs> I hope they, I mean... I hope they follow the Holmgren mode of 0607 and they sell a little bit, but then they bring in players who have value in the future. Um, it, what really stinks is all of a sudden the national predators are hot yeah. and now they're in a playoff yeah. spot and you're like, damn it. Because man, I, I would have loved Ryan Alice or Matias Ekholm. Yeah. But now with the predators, if they're in a playoff chase, they're not looking to trade any of either of those guys at the moment. So you're not getting them. Um, and I don't really know what other defensemen are out there. I know a name that Mike, you've thrown out that I went yes when I saw it's yeah. Josh Josh Manson on the Ducks. Mm-hmm. He, I would he is an orange and black Philadelphia Flyer through yep. and through. A little bit of offense, good defensively, has a mean streak. I yep. think he would work. He would slot great with Provorov. Um, it would help out a lot. I think mm-hmm. he's a younger version, um, very similar to Matt Niskanen, mm-hmm. the way in their in their play style. Um, too soon and, to say Niskanen. 
he he pushed Josh Manson. He he pushed Kevin Bieksa out of the NHL. Like he's the player who did that for the Anaheim Ducks. So he would be a nice add. Um, and of course, you've seen the rumblings about adding another goaltender uh, with the Jonathan Bernier news last night. Now, I, I like Bernier, and I think he'd be a great piece to add because do we really want to bring Moose back next year? Probably not. He's 36, and with how fragile he is right now toward in, 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 in his injury situation, they need to address a backup goalie for Carter or a 1B yeah. goalie. Yeah. And I personally think Bernier would do that if he can stay healthy. Um, I think he'd be a nice fit to this team. Um, so I think they need to address the backup goal situation. They need to add in at least another one or two defensemen because you need to they need to figure out what the hell they're doing with Sanheim and Myers. Yeah. Can can they get back what they were last year or are they toast? The Flyers need to decide. Yeah. And they also need to they need to add, I feel like, another piece on offense. Um, you, you, you hope and pray that Seattle takes one of Voracek or JVR just for the 8 million in cap relief, because that'll be amazing. Um, but I feel like you need to bring in an agitating, you know, winger or center. Who's not going to be afraid to take any shit. You know, when, when mm -hmm. things get tough and in the corners and you see Nolan Patrick elbowed in the head, you're going to have a guy who's going to go make the other guy say, well, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Um, and there's a couple players out there that are interested. Another player, Mikey, you mentioned on Twitter is Tyler Bertuzzi. Would love to have him in the Flyers. Yeah. Um, Currently on IR though, and nobody seems to know why. Huh? That is strange. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, at first um, it was like something. It was something uh, probably concussion related, but uh, he's been on an extended stay on the on the IR. It doesn't mean I wouldn't trade for him. Look, I I don't think that, like I said, I don't think the season's salvageable. Uh, sorry, Dave. I, I, yeah. I, go ahead. No, you're you're good. So. I just think a player like him. Yeah. So you, you get in a, a, a grindy physical winger or center who's not going to take any shit. Um, you need to find that defenseman and address the goaltending for future. Because for the, even for even for this season, you know, Carter is uh, – confidence is non-existent with him right now. And he's working yeah. with Kim Dillenbach to get, you know, his whole goalie mind in mm -hmm. set. Um, and he – I mean, Car I – Really, he is the future of this franchise. We we are going to go wherever he takes us. You yeah. know, Claude Giroux has handed the torch to face the franchise to Carter Hart. So mm -hmm. that's first and foremost. You, you need to make sure Carter's good. And then to do that, you got to fix the defense. Because I feel yeah. like if you get good goaltending, if you have great goaltending, the other problems just naturally fix themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, so those are kind of my thoughts. And I'm hoping what they can do in this mm -hmm. offseason. Yeah, all good thoughts. Uh, Mikey, what are you thinking? Well, I want to uh, echo what um, David said about the 2006 and 17. Um, you know, it, it was the worst in franchise history. However, uh, Holmgren had his, his sights set on the future, mm -hmm. uh, going out there grabbing players like uh, Robin Perron, um and Marty Biron, and uh, uh, I mean the the, the trade for Scotty Coburn. Upshaw. Scotty Upshaw, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the, the trade for Coburn, which was a phenomenal trade, mm -hmm. led right into a summer where you, you know, you trade that first for the uh, signing rights of Tiemann and Hartnell. You, you nail them down. Those guys turned into franchise players. Oh, yeah. And uh, then you, you, you know, you land uh, Briere off a of free agency. I and, and I would I would love for the, for something half as good as that to happen. Yeah. Uh, do I expect it? No, I, I don't expect it. <laughs> I I expect I expect a trade 
um, perhaps maybe, you know, one of either Michael Roffel or uh, perhaps even Lawton uh, mm-hmm. go out the door um, for, you know, a serviceable defenseman. Uh, but uh, I, I think that this this expansion draft has Fletcher just so scared shitless. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's not fair to say. That's just the fan in, in me saying that. But <laughs> it's, it's definitely got him very concerned, especially mm-hmm. with how he got fleeced last uh, the last expansion. But um, if if something if if there's nothing that's considerable done before the expansion draft. And there's got to be something big waiting on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Something big. And I can hope and pray all day. I don't expect very much. Um, you just kind of hope that uh, you, you hope that in the off season that guys like Sanheim and Myers, if they're going to stick around, if, if Sanheim's going to get that extension of his, you hope that it's small. Uh, and you hope that they find their game. I think I don't think that they're as bad as what they've shown. I don't think any player who's who's performing really poorly this season is as bad as he's performing right now. Yeah. Do I think that those two are legitimate uh, middle pair defensemen now and for the future? I don't. I think mm-hmm. you know the best that you're going to get out of them is probably like a five and a six, number five and a six. But look, that entire t- that the, the 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 top four on that on that blue line that has to be addressed first and foremost because Carter Hart is like Dave said our future in goal mm-hmm. and you've got to do everything that you possibly can to protect that to protect his confidence uh, we need uh, defensemen that can communicate with their goaltender that the goaltender can communicate with uh, we need forwards that can come back and support our defense um, and I know that, like Dave, you said that we have to go out and we have to get a number one defenseman. And there, and you could probably point to twenty teams in the league right now that need a number mm-hmm. one defenseman. Mm-hmm. So, re- realistically, we're probably looking at best case scenario going into next season with Provorov and another two, and another number two. So you've got a two A and a two B on top. You hope you can you can flip some some of our forwards for legitimate NHL middle pairing defenseman and then you round it out with a guy with guys like Sanheim and Myers on the bottom pair or Sanheim you know uh in on the middle pair with with Myers on the right side on the bottom pair and uh but you, you still got Braun on another year um Haig who you know I'll I'll, def- I'll defend Haig uh, till till I die you know I like I Hague like the third Haig in a third Haig in a third man I don't think you know, but uh, I know what he is I, he's a he's a guy that you plug in there like you know for 40 or 50 games when uh, somebody's either injured or needs a breather. I know what he is, you know, and, and, and that's just, that's not an everyday kind of guy. And I, I don't think we have, I don't think we have everyday defensemen on the blue line. And that's absolutely what needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I definitely echo everything that both of you guys have said. And again, there's a lot that this team has to fix. And I think, again, Mikey, like you said, the this season I think is pretty much non-salvageable at this point um where again we've seen them yeah we've we've seen we've seen them call up the two players from the phantoms today um again if things get even worse we might see cam york on this team because again he signed his elc yesterday so i I mean yeah do we want to i don't even think i don't i honestly don't want him on this team at all this season because that could like a guy like him 
coming to this squad that they have now and getting like lit up is not going to help him in his development at all, especially after winning a World Juniors where it's like, I won like the the most coveted junior hockey championship in the world, and this is the professional team that I have to play with now. Mm-hmm. Like, how dominant he was! I would just be Michigan like, well, uh, but and like he he again he also um, I think Charlie O'Connor tweeted that a lot of the college guys like the burn the first year of their ELC so yeah. that they can get to their first RFA season quicker. Mm-hmm. So he's already started technically once he's yeah. with the Phantoms. He's like his first season of his contract is. Like this year, pretty much gone. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't want him on the Flyers um, unless they somehow like. There's basically got there has to be a miracle for yeah, like this is this is probably what what to see a guy like Cam York or to, to see like maybe Zade Wisdom who I, I I don't think is going to be called up, mm-hmm. um, uh, or who, who's our, uh, Tyson Forster right? Yeah. Am I saying his name right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, to see to see all of these guys start coming up before the end of this season. Yeah. Then we would need to see something absolutely. We would need to see a nuke dropped on this team. I'm talking yep. like Voracek does get moved somehow, yeah. some way, mm-hmm. or Drew decides to waive his no move clause and gets traded to some other team while we retain a percentage of that of that salary. And then it becomes all right. That's it. We you know that era is completely behind us. Next yeah. man up. You know, you guys can just come on up here. You don't have to. You don't have so much stress on you or pressure on you. Mm-hmm. We know what this season is. We're just going to close this out, tr- hopefully on a, on a decent note, so that we can have a successful off season. And that's that's probably what's going to bring, uh, you know, a Cam York up or mm-hmm. some of these other kids that are that are down in in the AHL up yeah. onto the NHL roster. And uh, yeah. again, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Right now, the Phantoms are playing so well. That's a good atmosphere that you want prospects playing on because they are firing on all cylinders. And I really think to touch on Zade Wisdom, Mikey, I think Chuck found a diamond in the rough. He found a a late round, you know, gem. Right. Um, But even Forrester's looking really good. Like the Phantoms right now, that is a really good environment. And what stinks is the fact that we can't send Carter Hart down. Yeah, there because he has to actually go through waivers, which yeah. I didn't know until Charlie O'Connor dropped that bomb on yeah. all of us. You on can Twitter. find that stuff on on Cap Friendly. You can go to the uh, the waiver calculator and you can mm. you can you can look up those pro or you can look up those young players and you can see who's exempt from waivers. And at first, I thought too, okay, yeah, he's on his ELC. I don't think he's played the the exact amount of games that he'd need to. And when I found out he was waiver exempt, it was just. Or I'm sorry, he was not exempt from waivers. Uh, uh, there was a pit in my stomach because I'm yeah. sitting here like we can't put him on ice forever. I know he's going to go back out there, and if he goes back out there, you know, and it's it's still a nightmare for him. I, obviously, I think that the players aren't just going to magically start doing very well. Mm-hmm. But if he can't rebound, it's just going to be more of the same. And then what the hell is that going to mean? During the off season, when we're like all we've got for three months is just sitting around, stewing in our own yeah. questions and speculation. speculation. Yep, and and that's just awful. I hate thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I guess for lack of better terms, these are interesting times, but also very negative and very frustrating times as well. There's a lot of things that could be said around this team, um, but. Again, like like you said, Mikey, we hope that past this season, we've almost kind of hopefully seen the worst of it, mm-hmm. where this season, again, 
there's there's been excuses of COVID, shortened season, guys being in like alone in their hotel rooms. Obviously, the mental aspect is there, the mental yeah. struggles, Which we can all, and all be that. Sensitive too, because we're all we're all dealing with this in our own way. Like, yeah. it, it's it's and, all relative to each and every single one of us, right? There's yep. there's some of us who've had it objectively worse, but we can't. And then there's others who who can't relate to that because you know we're living our own lives, and so. When I hear about the isolation, it's kind of, it's a 50-50 in my head. I just, you know, it's like, I want, I want to say, oh, bullshit. But then at the same time, I'm going to say, look, look, these are young guys. I, how the hell would I, how the hell would I take this season? Mm-hmm. Being on the road by myself, not being able to mingle with my, with my teammates, unless I'm on the ice practicing, which we don't get much of, mm-hmm. or, getting, you know, a, a pregame skate here and there. It's, it's got to be very, very tough. But again, there's 31 other teams that are dealing with I was about to say that, yeah. Everyone else is doing the same thing. Right. At least the NHL. People will tell you, like, oh, but the Flyers are young. No, we're not. We really aren't a young team. We're not. We're average age, I think, like 26, 27 Mm -hmm. years old. We're not a a young team. We are at the point where we should be progressing. We should be taking that next step. We should be obliterating teams like Montreal Mm -hmm. in round one and actually putting up a decent fight against teams like the Islanders in round two and making Mm -hmm. it. To the third round mm. like that's those were my expectations this season and we might not even well might we're we're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> yeah and so if you take if you take the context of this season you cut and you cut it out and you move it on a timeline you put it in the past and you put it in it's got and you know ed snyder still owns the team mm-hmm. we're still angry mm-hmm. how this season turned out but like you said right now we feel this pit in our in our stomach because we don't we don't have very high expectations but if this were happening in the past there would be that that little tiny light inside of us that 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 provided that excitement and, mm-hmm. and you because you would be like okay well we know Ed Snyder's not going to deal with this shit anymore yeah so what could what do we have on our plates for this off season what what are these cooks going to cook in the kitchen yeah. this off season mm-hmm. and we don't have that excitement because mm-hmm. we don't have an effing kitchen <laughs> and we we thought we had that when when Chuck Furch came in, you know, he brought in Kevin, he brought in Hayes, and that was a great ad. He, you know, the, the Niskanen trade, the Braun trade. Well, yeah. now what what else has he done since that summer of 2019? You've added Eric Gustafson, you know, Nate Thompson, and Derek Grant. Yeah, only one of those players is on the team currently, and they're not very good. Mm. Um, right now, this organization is we're at a crossroads. You know, I feel like we've either they're either going to everything's going to click and they're going to make the right pieces and they're going to figure this shit out and we're going to go on to be that contender like we like what we expected them to be this season. I called them a President's Trophy favorite back in January before the season started on this podcast. I put and money I, on them. <laughs> I kick myself. Mike, you know how many coworkers and family members I said the Flyers are going to be really good yeah. this year. Pay attention to them. It's it's and I have to go. I'm sorry. Yeah, I told you to do that. Yeah. So we're they're either going to make the right moves and figure this out, and they're going to go off to the right, and they're going to make everything's going to be better, and we're going to go. Last year was a fluke. No worries. Right direction. Or we're headed for another eight years of another rebuild, and we're going to be in like a Buffalo Saber land where what the hell is going on? What is this organization doing? And the fact that we have Chuck Fletcher as a GM, and that could be an option really scares the shit out of me because his Minnesota teams 
were the crown jewel of being mediocre. Yeah. Like you thought they had potential and they never did anything. And I'm like, that's not what I want. No. As a well, I've, always, I've always said that, Dave, where like I've always said Minnesota is like the white bread of the NHL where they're just kind of there and like they they fl- like you flare like they kind of flare up with excitement. This season is a little bit different because they have Kaprizov and he's been killing it. Probably going to win the Calder, but Chuck Fletcher draft I mean, pick, so that is a little bit promising. Other like other than that, like I said, out. they've just kind of been again the white bread of the NHL, where it's like, are you really going to like the state of hockey? Like you got to kind of earn that name, as opposed to just kind of like seeing like we're Minnesota, like we're the, we are the state of hockey. And it's like there's honestly. 30 other states that could be the state of hockey way better than you guys are. So, but that's obviously a different story, but yeah, I mean, we've like, we don't want to, we don't want to become the wild. Yeah. No, you don't. But, um, so I guess again, just the, the flyers are in complete disarray. The team is in turmoil. Things are bad to say the least again. Um, but looking ahead to the schedule here, uh, a rare two days off. They were off today, Thursday and off tomorrow, Friday, um, they are in Long Island, on Long Island. They're playing the Islanders on Saturday at 7 o'clock, and then they have a back-to-back against the Boston Bruins. Home-and-home well, home in Boston and in Philadelphia on Monday and Tuesday. Then again, back to Long Island on Thursday the 8th, and then again back to Philadelphia against Boston on Saturday the 10th. So it doesn't get any easier. It hasn't gotten any easier. It's only a matter of what this team is going to do at this point where – it's again, Dave, we said this last week, it's basically the Flyers are, to quote Forrest Gump, they're a box of chocolates at this point. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. You could bite into a nice caramel chocolate or you bite into a chocolate that has like dog coconut. shit in it. And Coconut, but, precisely. Yeah. Yes, Mike. So, I mean. Um, Not the taste, I, the consistency. Yeah, I could have made an Easter analogy there, but since Easter Sunday, but that's all right. But yeah, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with this team at this point. Um, we hope that something will happen at the trade deadline just to kind of like satiate us a little bit where it's like, all right, like there's some remote effort that they're making to make, to try and make this team better for the future. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with that. But anyway, I mean, I don't even know what to say anymore. I I just want to say that if we do acquire a player, Mm -hmm. uh, the trade deadline, I just, I, I hope that they've got a little bit of term left and it's it's somebody that we can actually use going yeah. forward. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about like another Nate Thompson that's got term left on their deal. Uh, I'm talking about somebody that can be used in the middle six, someone that is an agitator, somebody who's who can influence the rest of the roster mm-hmm. to just reach down in their pants and, and <laughs> grab a hold yeah. of what God gave them. You know what I mean? Like just just something yeah exactly exactly add a little character yep there's no character yeah spice things up they they need like to quote aline vigneault they need to have that be a fucking flyer attitude and yeah we have not seen that not been there yep and where where do you go where do you look for that you don't you don't look to the head coach for that you look to the leadership group for that yeah and it's you're not finding it Mm-hmm. And it's because, like you said, we all love Claude Giroux, but we know that it's going at good time. All times come to an end, mm-hmm. and you want this. If it's not a cup, it's not looking like it. But you want it to be at least a semi-positive ending. And if it's got to go out like 
like what I think it's trending toward, it's just it's going to be a, a very ugly way to close the book. Yeah. Well, I think I mean personally, I have like a, a sick feeling and a sad feeling that Giroux is going to end up kind of like Kimo Tiemann did, where he's going to get traded to a team that's going to be a cup contender. I want to see Claude Giroux win a cup. Obviously, I want it to be with the Flyers, but I think they've basically almost wasted his career with the players they put around him. Mm. And I like again what we thought was going to happen with this team these past couple years didn't happen and it's i mean it's it's not looking good for him to to win a cup with this team at this point because he's getting obviously he's getting older every year makes a bit of a difference physically all that stuff but it's like it's 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 just it sucks to see like yeah. as a fan and as someone who again we've all seen him throughout his whole career like yeah. and it's again it just it seems like a almost a complete waste at this point yeah yeah so. it's it's just sad you like you, you don't want to we're probably gonna have to put as Philadelphia fans, like I, my favorite player of all time besides Claude Giroux is Eric Lindros, mm-hmm. and I feel like Giroux is almost he's gonna like get that, like talked in the same way that Lindros is talked about with some sections of this fan base. So we're yeah. like, great player, but he was a pansy and couldn't get it done when it mattered, and that's just, it sucks because Giroux he's probably you know he's top gonna be top five and everything in this franchise like he's been a player and they have done nothing for him and it, it really it, it's just like just trim yeah. the colorado avalanche like claude <laughs> please accept your you know your you, wait accept the trade go to colorado win the cup there and i'll be happy i don't want to see him win it anywhere else without the flyers <laughs> of colorado that's kind of way yeah. i view it uh but man it's just you hate talking about this stuff too. Like yeah. that's that's the like, read our body we, languages, man. I mean, like every single time we bring it up, we were slunk forward. We just yeah. kind of have this meh look on yeah. our face, and it's just it's it's a it's a very it's a very sad thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Just yep. to put it lightly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I guess that all remains to be seen at this point. Uh, I think that wraps it up for Flyers coverage tonight. But, uh, Dave, if you want to take us to an ad break here, and then we will briefly go around the league. Yeah, we'll be uh, right back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. Just listen to this lovely ad from our sponsor, Anchor. And we are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio, along with Matt Master, Giovanni, Matt Master Giovanni and Mikey D. Man, words are hard. Sorry, Matt, for butchering your last name there. That's all right. Uh, but let's go around the league, boys. Not too, too much to talk about. Um, but there's been uh, some interesting cases that happened. Yeah, um, I think it was Pierre Lebrun tweeted out earlier today where it's uh, it's Stars Week to get fined by the league because we've had two stars Two superstars, uh, probably the future of the league, um, get fined already this week. On Wednesday, yesterday, um, Connor McDavid was fined the maximum 5K for elbowing uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi in the head um, on Tuesday night um, in a 4 nothing loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he's the NHL's highest paid player and will forfeit 0.04% of his salary for for the infraction um and fans are trying to defend this but again with everything on social media and you see all these different angles it gets slowed down that warrants us at least a a fine and me personally seeing it uh, again dave i'll throw it over to you next but 
I I was like, all right, like, are they really going to do anything to the like the superstar? But they obviously did. They find him 5K, which I think is the right move. But again, the player safety department is also a joke in its own right. But mm-hmm. Dave, what are your thoughts on McDavid uh, with the fine? If that wasn't Connor McDavid, let's say if that was Wayne Simmons or Zach Ronaldo or insert Flyers tough guy here, or yeah. even if that's Tom Wilson. <laughs> how many games is that? That, 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 that? That's five plus, you know? Um, but it's Connor McDavid, and the league's not going to, they're not going to suspend their star. They already don't feature him enough as it is. Why are mm-hmm. they going to take him out of games? Um, I think there should be some changes made. If star players are going to break the rules and they're going to do- deliberately elbow guys in the head, yeah. there needs to be, the fines need to be relative to the player's salary. 5K to Connor McDavid is nothing. While I appreciate the sentiment and the thought of the NHL player, the NHL Department of Player Safety finding Connor McDavid, it's not really going to do anything. Like I, I guess I mean good for Connor to kind of maybe show a little bite in his game because he has been liberties have been taken on him in his in his career, and maybe it might make other players think differently of him. Mm-hmm. Maybe go about it a different way next time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think, like you said, Dave, if that's any other player besides McDavid, they probably get a lot heftier punishment. But, uh, Mikey, what do you think of the whole situation? Uh, well, yeah, right. So they're not – it's going to take something a little bit more drastic uh, out of Connor McDavid to get a suspension. And that just made me think of um, uh, the New England Patriots, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Belichick cut a player – I believe it was a cornerback. Uh, could be wrong. doesn't matter. But cut a player because they fell asleep during film. <laughs> and uh, a reporter the next day had asked Bill Belichick, you know, Bill, what if that had been Tom Brady that fell mm-hmm. asleep during your during film? And Bill had said, well, you know, I'd walk right over to Tom and I'd tap Tom on the shoulder and I'd say, Tom, wake up. <laughs> and that would be it. Yeah. There is absolutely you're not you're not going to suspend Connor McDavid even for the chicken wing that he had given mm-hmm. uh and it, you know it had it been just some other role player from some other team uh or you know it could have been a star but it's not it's not Connor McDavid Connor mm-hmm. McDavid is the upper echelon of this league he is the face of this league he will continue being the face of this league it'll be probably him and Gretzky and Lemieux and 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 and, and whoever else uh, you know that that just stands the test of time mm-hmm. and so one little chicken wing like that is not going to get the kids suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. I'm not going to kind of fly over the handle when it comes to, to um, actions like this. You know, mm-hmm. like had he done it to a flyer, you know, maybe I'd piss my diaper a little bit. But <laughs> um, I don't I, like. I don't want to see that edge and that bite and all that stuff go away. Like you know, it's kind of trending toward, and it's yeah. a very fast game. And when you slow anything down enough, you're and and you mm-hmm. have the time to break it down and to analyze it with you know under. A, all kinds of microscopes, then of course you can, you can make it look bad. I'm just not going to fly off the handle and, and say that it's like one of the worst things that I'd ever seen, or, you know, it's a failure on the department of player safety. They've just been so damn inconsistent over the years that I don't have any expectations of them except for, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, inconsistency. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't really have a problem with, uh, with everything. And I think like the, um, the fine that he got the 5,000 compared to the 10 million that he averages every single season 
you know, that's, that is kind of laughable, but that money does go toward, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the player's fund. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Um, and I think it's not the, uh, and I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't think it's a, uh, a fraction of what he makes on the year. I think it's a fraction of what he makes per game. And yeah, so that's yeah. why that's, that's why that low percentage, or that's why it was five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and that's the maximum allowance according to what he makes in a game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, but again, the, again, I, I agree with the whole point of these plays get slowed down; they look a lot worse than they do in the split second fashion. Um, I do want that that nastiness and that bite to stay. We've seen a lot of that in the North Division, especially this season, oh, where these yeah. teams playing each other. Constantly, obviously, and I mean, the Battle of Alberta, the, the mm-hmm. Flames and the Oilers, as a perfect example, these guys play each other, what, almost 10 times this season. So yeah. you're obviously going to see those fireworks, which, I mean, we love as fans, the layman hockey fans love to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that obviously, it, it keeps the... It keeps things entertaining. Um, but moving on here to, uh, I thought this was pretty funny, but um, it was came out this morning that... Um, Avalanche forward Nathan McKinnon was also fined five thousand um, dollars for what what's being called quote unsportsmanlike conduct against Coyotes forward Connor Garland during a game on Wednesday last night where he he threw his helmet at Garland after they got in a scrum it came off McDavid basically gave him a, a solid chest pass of his own helmet back at him um and i thought Mc, it was funny McKinnon, obviously McKinnon. It really no i think McK- mckinnon got ejected i think yeah he got uh, a, he got a 10 minute misconduct too yeah but one of those things where it's like all right like that's funny because obviously no one got hurt um yeah. and then there i actually i came across a twitter thread of it was the video clip of the helmet being thrown mm-hmm. and each video it was a different sound effect that happened when the helmet <laughs> hit garland yeah um i'll see if i can find it to tag you guys in on twitter but it was like one of them was like owen wilson saying wow, wow. um there was like the wee bowling noise when it hits <laughs> the pins like it was like a, a like a thread of like 10 or 15 different tweets but that was funny but again one of those things where it's like all right that's funny but you know the nhl being the nhl they were gonna find him dave uh this whole mckinnon thing what are you thinking i think it's silly for the fine on this one like, I think, give him the unsportsmanlike misconduct. The game was over. I think Colorado was up, what, 9-3 or three at the point when this happened anyway? Yeah, I think it was 8-3. Um, talk about bad blood between them and the Yotes, the way Colorado yeah. has handled them since the bubble last year. Um, I just think this is nothing egregious. It's nothing to be angry about. I think it's funny. Yeah. I guess the league had to do something because yeah. you've never mm-hmm. seen a player throw their helmet at another player before. Like, in years, like I, I'm sure it happened probably back in the past in like the 80s and 90s and 70s and shit. But like, I can't remember ever watching it happen. When I saw it last night, I literally giggled out loud. Mm. <laughs> so, I think it's just funny. I mean, good for I, that's one of the reasons why I love McKinnon. Like he's almost as if not the same skill level as McDavid. Yeah. But he's got that bite to his game where if you cross McKinnon, you're gonna pay. So. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. think it's the whole situation's funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mikey, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, for I think it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, the look on the look on his Garland's face when when he realized that <laughs> he wasn't sure what was coming at him. Yeah, and, like as soon as it hit him, and he's just the the the, the face that he makes. Uh, you know, at least McKinnon didn't take a skate off and try to stab him with it. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, it was it, it, it's funny like scott hartnell chucking his his, mitt, his 
Yeah, there was and had a breakaway. breakaway. Yeah, like that. That it's that kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the league had to do something because they're yeah. like, "Well, you can't be doing this shit." And what if you hit him in the face? And we're, you know, so. Uh, it's just something that uh, you go back, you make a few memes out of it. Like you said, you make a video out of it with yeah. some sound effects, and it all just kind of uh, gets pushed under the rug. Good stuff. And then um, to round off tonight, um, we have a trade that went down. Um, one, I guess, one of the calm before the storm trades. Uh, this happened about a week ago on the 26th of March. Uh, they come back to haunt us again um, when we have to talk about that. The Buffalo Sabres traded center Eric Stahl to the Montreal Canadiens for two draft picks, um, and they ended a brief, to quote Greg Wyszynski from ESPN, a brief and disappointing run for the veteran star in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, the Canadiens sent 2021 third and fifth round picks to Buffalo for Stahl, and the Sabres retained 50% of his salary, um, which is $1.625 million out of his $3.25 million cap hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, st- some stats on Stahl. There's a tongue toaster for you. Um, he's 36 years old, played 32 games for Buffalo this season after being acquired from the Minnesota Wild this past offseason. Um, the article quotes, Much was expected from the veteran center, but like the rest of the last place Sabres, he was a disappointment with three goals and seven assists and a minus 20 in those games. Um, he's in his 17th season in the NHL with a total of 1,031 points in 1,272 games with different teams like the Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Wild, and the Sabres, and now the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but Dave, I'll go to you first. Um, your thoughts on Stahl getting traded and just things surrounding that. Was it only a matter of time before someone left Buffalo? Yeah, I mean he's he's a UFA. Buffalo knew they could get they could get assets back for him. I think it's a nice pickup for Montreal. Um, they're a little bit small and a little bit inexperienced at center ice. You know, Eric Stahl is a Stanley Cup champion. He's been in the playoffs many times. He's scored forty plus goals in this league. He's got that bite. He he knows how to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he even for this brief stint, like even if he, even if he doesn't resign in Montreal after this season. He is going to really help Kakanyemi and Suzuki in their development. And I think it's a really good teaching tool. And I think it's a good pickup for Mark Bergevin. He is a GM who probably realizes if, is if his, 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 his team doesn't have success in the playoffs this year, mm-hmm. it's his job on the line. So the, I feel like this personally, while Stahl might not be the flashiest player anymore and he's not the elite center he once was, He's got those intangibles that every franchise needs in in a elder veteran center. So I think it's it's a nice pickup for Montreal. Sounds good. And then Mikey, over to you. What are you thinking about the I, whole situation? Thought, yeah, no, I thought uh, first and foremost, I thought Bergevin had a. Uh, I thought he had one of the better off seasons of any GM mm-hmm. uh, going into this season. Of course, Montreal started out hot, uh, and they had uh, quickly cooled off. But, um, you know, they are, are they, are they in contention right now? Or are they just outside the bubble? Does anybody know that? Uh, I, I can pull it up. Well, so I thought it was a very savvy trade for him. And I thought it was an awful trade for Buffalo. They had to retain yeah. salary. Well, sorry. So Montreal is actually, they're in fourth place right now in the North division. They're actually six points ahead of Calgary, um, for the last playoff spot. So they have a, a decent Do they have any games in hand on anybody else that, above them. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, they're actually, they've played four less games than Winnipeg and Edmonton and have three games in hand on Toronto as well. All right. So yeah, they've I, also like... got, they've got games in hand too on the teams below them. They've got 
four games in hand on Calgary so and hand over everyone in the division. Yeah, so they're in a, they're in a pretty damn good position. Again, I yeah. think Bergevin coming coming away with stall like that was a very savvy trade. I think mm-hmm. that uh, Dave, you made some very good points about him being around some of the uh, the the younger, um, higher caliber talent is certainly going to help them, especially when they get into uh, into the into a playoff format. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but for Buffalo, I thought it was an awful trade. Uh, first and foremost, you're getting, I've said that a thousand times already tonight, <laughs> but uh, they had to retain salary on that. And usually when you, you know, if you're going to retain salary on, on a trade, you want something to w- worth your while. Now you can argue that a third round pick and a fifth round pick for, for stall is, is probably, you know, fair value. And maybe it is, but Montreal has like 700 draft picks in this, yeah. in this upcoming draft. And I believe they've got like, they, well, they had like two or three third round picks and they didn't even get the best of any one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think they've, they had something like two or three picks in the fifth as well. And they didn't get the best out of that. So, you know, not only are they, they chewing on half of that salary, yeah, they, they've kind of got like some very vanilla return on that. But, you know, I, I, when you look at operationally, how, how the Buffalo Sabres have conducted themselves over the last shit goes back to what 2011 mm-hmm. um you're just you're not surprised by something like that i'm not going to talk too much uh smack on on buffalo after they just you know pulled our pants down and smacked our asses but uh i thought it was just not a good trade for them uh, they came out of it with a, a, a couple of picks so i guess it's just meh for them but for montreal absolutely i thought it was a very savvy pickup yeah, um, and they actually just pulled it up on Cap Friendly here. So they have in the upcoming 2021 draft, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They have 12 picks in the, the upcoming draft. Right. Um, and they how, have, many in the, how many in the first five rounds? Uh, so they, have, they only have one in the first round, two in the second round, two in the third, right. three in the fourth. So that's the most. Two in round five. One of those is from the Flyers, fun fact. Right. And then they have one in round six and one in round seven. So they have a, a, a shit ton of picks this coming year right. um, to, to either draft, actually pick players with, or to just wheel and deal with in any sort yeah, of transaction. Yeah, they're absolutely going, like, like Dave said, th- there's a lot of pressure on uh, Bergman now and to do well in the playoffs right now. There's a lot yeah. of expectation, especially when they're in Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's just a hotbed of hockey. I don't yeah. know if you two have ever made it up to Montreal, to the Bell Center. Absolutely phenomenal arena. I can imagine. Electric arena. Uh, and great city, too. Yeah. But, um, so there's a lot of pressure on him. There's a lot of pressure on, on that team to do well. I don't think mm-hmm. it's done by a long shot. I think mm-hmm. uh, the best for them before the trade deadline is yet to come. Yeah. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe, you know, they reach out to the Flyers and uh, we send Konechny that way. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Um, but I, that, that does it for yeah, me I'll tonight. Take Jeff um, oh, Dave, what were you going to say something? I was just say, yeah, I'd take Jeff Petrie. Oh, there we go. I'll take him <laughs> so too. So Montreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's going to probably be hard to pry away from them. But uh, for me, that does it tonight for Around the League. Um, and it does it for me in general tonight. Um Mikey, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure yes, to have you on. You. It's a pleasure to follow you on Twitter. You're very. It's a lot of great, entertaining content. A lot of a quality follow through and through. Um, if you want to give the people your Twitter Twitter handle, there we go. Um, feel free to do that and uh, just tell them where they can find you. Yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter, uh, Mikey D, uh, all one word underscore O and BP. 
for Orange and Black Pack. You can also find Orange and Black Pack uh, on Facebook. Um, we try to have a lot of fun. Just keep it humorous. That's uh, that that is a challenge nowadays, but uh, we're rolling. We're trying. We're, we're doing the best we can. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Definitely give them a follow, and then Dave, I'll throw it over to you now to just take us home. Yeah, just three everything Matt said about Mikey coming on. It's been great. And you know, I remember um, one of my good buddies who actually is, has now came into my apartment. That's who banged on the door in the middle of the podcast. Is my buddy Jake Harrison, um, who he he actually told me back and I think this is back in o, back in o twelve in two thousand twelve. He's like, <laughs> Dave, you need to check out this guy Mikey D and his site Orange and Black Pack because you will love it. And um, when I told him that you were coming on, he's like, well, I can't wait to listen to that. So it's kind of like it's been years of like Flyers fandom. It's like all coming together. So it's yeah. it's been really awesome. Um, boys, that does wrap everything up this week. I'm I'm hoping in the near future we can do this again. And hopefully yeah. things are a bit yeah. brighter. More positive. So we're, we're not just like beating the crap of the Flyers more when they're down. So, mm-hmm. Well, let's um, reconvene after the trade deadline. I'm, no, down for I, that. I'm completely down. So um, there's a couple games coming up. You know, this will be a good, another good test for this fire team this season. Um, but games against Bruins and the Islanders coming up, <laughs> excuse me, does not, uh, I don't think it bodes well at all. But it doesn't tickle your nuts. No, no, <laughs> nothing, nothing's tickling over that. So <laughs> it might be another early turn the TV off to put on something more entertaining. Um, time but boss yeah we'll see maybe i'll have to rewatch godzilla versus kong again you never know hell yeah um but with that uh thank you for everyone for listening and subscribing as always we will be we will be back next week with another episode of five minute manager radio and reluctantly let's go flyers let's go flyers <laughs>